Hello and welcome to another Hoop Questions Monday on QP Sports Exchange, part of the Question Point Pod Network. It's your host, Vince, and we are going to talk nonstop hoops. Um, on today's rundown, we will have updates on Anthony Davis' injury. We will have a report on what's going on in Detroit with Blake Griffin. I have a proposed trade for two franchises, and I think it'll help everybody out. And of course, we have the rookie watch. So that's what's on the pod for the day and some other stuff, but that's what basically is on the pod. So last week we made the change to hashtag Hoop Questions Monday. Uh, we got to get better with the responses we're doing we're doing okay well gotta get better so again the reason why we made the adjustment to hoop questions monday is to get more interactive so on twitter that is at qpp network on instagram and facebook question point pod network so we're going to get more interactive. I will actually be more active on Twitter. I promise. I'll put some stuff out there that that usually ends up in the pod. Maybe I'll throw a little breadcrumbs to where I might be leading the pod to next week or whatever. But I plan to be more engaged with you, QP Nation, on all things hoop. And also... All things football, because we do football Friday as well. So that is what's going on. Let's see what's going on in my crib right now. Um, Valentine's Day, pretty good. I was excited about that, you know. Second time as a husband, second year a husband, being having a Valentine's Day situation. My wife loves seafood, so we hooked up the shrimp and the fettuccine pasta, you know. I had a a marinara sauce that was to die for. Yes, your boy also cooks. It is a ridiculous situation. So, that's what I did for Valentine's Day. So, we got the gifts. That was great. She loved them. I love that she loved them. I got to watch the Laker game, which was horrific for a Laker fan in so many ways. And we're going to get to that information a little bit later. Um, So it was great. Valentine's Day was awesome. You know, now my wife's birthday is only literally a week away from Valentine's Day. So, fellas. You know what I'm talking about. You know how I feel right now. So, pressure's on again. So, what we're going to do is get in to this pod.
Yeah, that break was funky. I love it. All right, we're into the news and notes part of the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to update you on Lakers forward Anthony Davis. He left the game last night. Initially, it was a lower leg injury. Now it's uh, a strained calf. Um, the medical staff is pretty was pretty quick to come out to say it wasn't a ruptured Achilles. More news on this. Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, dropped us with that it is confirmed a strained calf. Um, it will look like that he will be out for three weeks. Um, the one thing that I want to say about this is this, doing some research on it and kind of trying to understand the injury and remembering a couple years ago what, what Kevin Durant went through, um, I looked at this and I said, wait, hold on. So a strained calf, because the calf muscle is connected to the Achilles, so when you have a problem with one, you have a problem with the other one. So this is something to look out for as a Laker fan, as myself, I'm a Laker fan, and for all Laker fans out there, Laker Nation, you know what we're talking about. We all about the chip. That's all we care about. So we need our man healthy. So we can go ahead and get this ring. So if it was me and the prognosis was three weeks, I would be like five. Let's be real safe. Then sorry. You know, keep in mind, we just signed Anthony Davis to that long-term contract. So we want to make sure that we get the return on the investment and, you know, the Lakers are the type of team that because of that, this is still a pandemic season, right? I don't know if 4,000 fans, if we get to that point, it's going to make a difference to the Lakers if they end up going to like the four seed because the West is just so treacherous because Anthony Davis is out. I don't know if that hurts them. I really don't. Um, not to be so cocky or confident, it's just they're when they're healthy, that's the best team in the league. I mean, it's not even close right now. Maybe if there's a trade or two, maybe the landscape is different and we're talking different. Um, Utah, you know, just like a lot of pundits are saying, and I'm going to say it too, till they show it to me in the playoffs, I'm not really scared of Utah. Um, the Clippers, you know, you see the focus, you see what's going on, but, you know, as the old saying goes, right, pressure busts pipes. So until they do it in the playoffs, we're still suspect on them as well. The one thing that this Anthony Davis injury is going to do, it's going to provide some people with some playing time that was not getting the playing time or get more playing time than they have before. Kuzma obviously is going to be the person that's going to be asked to help with the scoring load. So that starting lineup will probably look something like this. It'll be Gasol at the center, Kuzma, LeBron, KCP, and Dennis Schroeder. Now the bench where Markeith Morris was not getting minutes, now will get minutes. You know, Trez will get, you know, Montrez Hill will get his. 
Now, Taylor Horton Tucker's role changes because he'll probably get more of the minutes that Kuz was getting along with Morris to help relieve some of that scoring punch. And then Wesley Matthews and Alex Caruso. So I might see the Lakers go to a 10-man rotation right now to cover up what they lost with AD. They are deep. Maybe they'll just use their strength in numbers, and they'll just go 10 deep for a second. So LeBron doesn't have to play 40. You know, we don't want that to happen. No, no, no. not We don't want King James playing 40 minutes. It was cute when we were doing the overtime thing last week. It's not cute when we don't have AD. And my man is like, you know, chasing wins. You know what I'm saying? No. King James, 32, maybe raise him up to about 33 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Because remember, he was down to like 30, 29. And that was great, you know, because they were blowing people out. And some of the games were in control and the bench was doing what they needed to do. So... You want to kind of keep that there. 33 minutes, you don't want him at 36, 37 minutes a game. You want him fresh for the playoffs. You want him ready for the playoffs, regardless of what is going on with Anthony Davis. But this is a good chance for Taylor Horton Tucker to step up. This is a good chance for Markeith Morris to step up. And Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder are going to have to do what they did last year. We're going to have to get legit 16 points from Dennis Schroeder every single game now. It can't be 6 one night, 22 one night, then back to 8, then 15. They're going to have to get consistency anywhere between 14 to 18 points out of Dennis Schroeder. And... 12 to 16 out of Montrez Harrell, which he's been doing a bang-up job with that. So I think the Lakers have enough depth to allow AD to become what he needs to be and get that injury fully healed instead of him coming back early, still having some mild, you know, conditions of that of that injury. Let's 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 let this thing get fully healed. And have him at 100 getting ready for the playoffs. That would be my hope on that situation. Detroit Pistons for Blake Griffin is sitting out until the team and his uh, representatives come to some sort of agreement on his playing future. So basically what that means is Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons wants out of Detroit and he wants out pretty much now. My man has seen Derrick Rose leave. He has seen Matthew Stafford leave and he is like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. So whatever the buyout clause needs to be, let's get that worked out so we can get us to a, you know, a contender. I think Blake is not having fun right now and I think that the losing is wearing on him and keep in mind also he was he was with the Clippers and they were going to the playoffs every year 
yeah, there were some heartbreaking losses, but he, the juice of the playoffs, I believe, for somebody like Blake, he wants to get back there. And I think he's looking at his NBA mortality right now and going, you know, how many more swings do I got at this before I have to really hang it up? Because obviously his athleticism has diminished, so he's more of a outside guy a little bit. He doesn't go to the basket nearly as ferociously as he did in his younger days when he was part of Lob City as a Clipper. So that's the news in Detroit. Blake Griffin is going to be sitting out until there's some kind of organizational and his representative agreement where they give back money, there's a buyout, and then he can take his talent somewhere else. The other piece of news that is going on that really kind of caught my attention is it seems like the Atlanta Hawks are ready to uh, move on from forward John Collins. John Collins is 23 years old. He's averaging 18 points, 8 rebounds on the season, and he's shooting a respectable 37.4% from three. I mean, I don't know what this guy needs to do. Last year, he was like a 20-10 and 10 guy. He was actually like a 22-10 and 10 guy last year. This year, he numbers a little bit low or whatever, but it's not it's not him. They have actual more weapons on the team. DeAndre Hunter, before he got hurt, uh, we reported that last week. He had a torn meniscus, and he's going to get some cleanup on that. But he was averaging like 21. You know, Trey was doing his thing. Gallinari's there. So his numbers went down a little bit. But it just seems like, Atlanta's hell-bent on trading him. So I worked out a trade. I did the whole thing. I researched the money. I researched, you know, what it would take. I talked to a couple people, you know, threw it out there. I have two deals, okay? I have just kind of more of a straight-up deal. And we'll talk about the merits of that, okay? We'll talk about Atlanta's um, wants, for John Collins, their wants might not be forward-thinking enough for me. And I'll explain why, because I'll explain the trade in a second. So this is a trade that I worked out, because I'm looking at two teams, and I'm kind of going like, well, this might help both players who are young. This might help both franchises get to their necessary goal of where they want to be. And then I expanded the trade out a little bit more to help out both franchises if you want to do something like that. So the team that immediately came to mind when I saw the report on John Collins and it seems that his tenure in Atlanta is almost over. So I immediately thought of one guy that would fit in a trade, and it would satisfy what Atlanta wants. And let's get to that right now. The report is is that Atlanta wants a high first-round pick for John Collins. Here's the problem with that. The teams that are going to trade for John Collins because he would be a, he would be a real piece to somebody's future. But here's the problem. A high first-round draft choice. Where are we talking 
Are we talking? Are we talking six? Are we talking five? Are we talking four? Or are we talking like nine, ten, eleven? There's a big difference because we'll talk about it a little bit later about what's going on in the draft. But I told you last week, I believe there are about probably at least... To me, I think there be there's like five du- real dudes that have a chance of being like stars, and then there's some dudes that I feel like that are going to just be great as well. You know, maybe we throw around that word "great" a little bit too much, but maybe what I'm saying is that just super solid contributor to the basketball team, a definite piece to help you win. Okay. And I believe that this draft for the NBA coming up, I think there's about 12 guys that fit that mold. Because we always talk about Tyrese Halliburton on QP Sports Exchange when it was B-Ball Monday, now it's Who Questions Monday. We talk about Tyrese Halliburton every week because he's so solid. Listen, make the extra pass. Cut you know, cut down the lane, make nice adjustments on defense. He does a lot of good things, a lot of winning basketball, and we're going to talk a lot about that on this podcast today. But when I thought of this trade for Atlanta and knowing what they want, which is a high first-round draft pick, this is where I'm thinking where they're not forward-thinking enough, okay? So here's the trade. The first initial trade that I thought of. Now, so this is more more the expanded trade. So hear me out. So I have Atlanta and their trade partner, the Denver Nuggets. So I have John Collins, Danilo Gallinari going back to Denver in the sense of Gallinari started in Denver. Or actually, he actually started in New York, played a lot in Denver. You know, going back. To the Nuggets. Now Atlanta would end up with. Michael Porter Jr. Gary Harris. And Paul Millsap. Millsap obviously. Long time. Atlanta Hawk. During the glory years. When they had. When they got uh, Al Horford. Him. Joe Johnson and the boys. The Josh Smith era. I think this helps out both teams. And hear me out. Currently, John Collins is not wanted in the ATL, and Collins would be a welcome sight for head coach Mike Malone when it comes to defensive assignments and defensive rotations. So the one thing that you see in Denver, right, is that head coach Malone is upset with Michael Porter Jr.'s defense, okay? He's upset with how he closes out on guys. He's upset with missed assignments. He's upset with his slow to rotate to where he needs to be. And the one thing that you would get with Collins immediately is you would get defensive maturity and he would know his role and he would be able to execute his role right away. I don't think Mike Malone had any problem with John Collins when it comes to the defensive end and where he needed to be. 
where Michael Porter Jr. is more of an offensive player. He's more interested in offense. He's not as interested on defense. So then for Denver, you would get the balance that you want, right? Because you know that Jokic is not going to be like the rim protector you need. Here's a guy who at least will move his feet, who will be a weak side protector, rim protector. He will be able to do all these things that you can't get Michael Porter Jr. to do at this present time because he hasn't bought in to the defensive side of the ball as of yet. So it will fix Denver when it comes to that. Now, on the Gallinari side, if we have this expanded trade, he would bring floor spacing because he can shoot from the outside. He'd be another vet and another scoring option for the Nuggets. Here's the thing. If you don't have a bunch of, if you don't have the two megastars like you have in LeBron and AD, Kawhi and uh, Paul George, um, if you want to say at a lesser extent, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, if you don't have those two stars, right? Because we're kind of going that Jokic, Nikola Jokic, is a star in Denver. Jamal Murray's kind of a fringe star, but we don't know yet. So what you do is you get a lot of vet scoring options who are not afraid of the moment. And now collectively, you have your second and maybe your 2.5 star, right? And Gallinari would bring that for the Nuggets. Here's a guy who will be no problem, give you 16 to 18, his willingness defensively is there. He's not a great defender, but he is willing to do it. Okay? So there's a difference there also. Note, note the theme is that willing defender. That's been the problem. That's why Coach Malone doesn't want to give Michael Porter Jr. 36 minutes a game. We know the guy can cook you offensively. We know that. We know that he's super gifted offensively. Keep in mind, I've said willing defender, and I've said lack of defensive rotation, lack of understanding of defensive assignments, which that's what they would get back in Collins. Okay? So I think the trade for Denver would be Excellent. You would get what you need. Now, for the ATL side, listen, Hawks organization, I understand that you want a high first-round pick, right? But here's a guy who fits your timeline, okay? You don't have to build from the ground up with him. Michael Porter Jr. is a tremendous isolation player, which is, if you want somebody like that in the draft, you're looking, you got to get into that that six or below range to look for that guy in this upcoming draft. Here's a guy who's been in the league, albeit he's hurt. He's kind of in the same trajectory as Zion, right? Because he's only played about 40, 45 plus games, whatever. Okay, so he's learning a game. But you now have your, you have your Robin to your Batman because Michael Porter Jr. is a star. 
He can score the basketball. If you can get him to buy in on defense, you have got the guy that you would have went into the draft with a rabbit's foot and your fingers crossed and your grandma's doily or whatever little lucky charm you have to try to get that guy, extract that guy from the draft. I understand your want to have somebody, you know, who's full of potential like a Michael Porter Jr. But why don't you just take Michael Porter Jr. back and you would have somebody to go with Trey? Because here's the other thing. Now look at the lineup that they have to start. If Michael Michael Porter Jr. is there, you're looking at a lineup of Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Michael Porter Jr., Oneka Okongwu, and Clint Capella. Now, if you want to talk about the lineup that's going to close out the game, it's even more devastating. So listen to it. You're going to have your guards be Trey Young and Kevin Herter, who just killing it from the outside. And he's been really consistent. So you got those two guys at your guards when you're closing games out. You're going to have a front court of DeAndre Hunter, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., and a Kongu. You imagine what that lineup is going to look out like. Okongwu, DeAndre Hunter, and Kevin Herter, as far as defensive-wise, can definitely get after it. Kevin Herter is not like a one-on-one defender, but he's a really good team defender, and he anticipates passing lanes very well. Okay? And then he can absolutely stroke it from the outside, and that's what you want. You're going to have tremendous floor spacing with that team. Before you go and try to extract a first-round pick from, let's say, Detroit or whatever, Atlanta, you know, you 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 trade John Collins to Detroit for their first-round pick. Before you do that, you might want to take a flyer on Michael Porter Jr., not just because of the fact that he's legit a guy who can give you 25 right now but Michael Porter Jr. and Trey Young as a building block are super sick and I would approve that message QP Nation on to news and notes part two. Uh, the Cavaliers center Andre Drummond is going to be traded very soon. They have pulled him from the lineup until he is traded. 
This is going to go down probably within the next 24 to 48 hours. Andre Drummond from the Cleveland Cavaliers, who's been killing it on the boards, giving them nothing but production, is going to get traded. And they are going to get an asset back. That is the whole thing for Cleveland. It is asset acquisition or bust. That is it. And Cleveland is doing the smart thing because Andre Drummond's contract expires at the end of this year. So instead of losing him on the buyout market in another month, if you can get something for Drummond, I don't care if it's a second-round pick or a young player that, you know, maybe a team has given up on, but, you know, they were a top 15 pick or whatever the case may be, you do that. You get that asset. You want as many times at, you know, hitting for a home run as as you can possibly get if you're Cleveland. I am uh, very... Uh, Intrigued by uh, Kobe Altman and what they're doing in Cleveland. I think it's excellent. I like that they got Jared. They finagled their way in and got Jared Allen in that that monstrous fourteen deal with uh, with Brooklyn. When Brooklyn got Harden, they found a way to get Jared Allen. Who's gonna go in? By the way, and take up all those minutes. That Andre Drummond had. So don't you worry Cleveland. It's not like you don't have anybody. Jerry Allen. Is that dude. And he can do probably. What Andre Drummond can do. But also he might be a little more. Flexible on defense. Like switching off to threes. You know small forwards. And things of that nature. So I am. Really excited about the direction that Cleveland's going. I think they're doing smart things in Cleveland. So the Cavaliers, I know the fans might be a little dejected because Andre Drummond is leaving. He's going to be sitting out how many games they need until he is traded. But I think this deal is coming down probably within the next 24 to 48 hours. I think this deal is going down within the next 24 to 48 hours. And I believe that this is something that Cleveland should do. Give Jared Allen time on the floor with the guards, right? With uh, Garland and Sexton. Or as uh, Zach Lowe wants to coin, coin them as Sexland. Shout out to Zach Lowe. Listen to that pod. The Low Post on the ESPN podcast networks. But yeah, that's what's going down. Now, the suitors so far for Andre Drummond's services. Now, you you know for a fact that the Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets want to get in on this, right? But check this out. They don't have the money to get in on this. Because Drummond is making like 21 mil. So they don't have it. The Lakers don't have it. The Lakers can't get to Drummond as well. So this is really one of those things where it's a win-win for Cleveland. Hell, we don't have to leave them on the buyout market for Brooklyn 
the Lakers or the Clippers to pick him up. And then we're getting assets for it. So, so far it looks who's like in the mix. It looks like it's the Toronto Raptors. The Charlotte Hornets, that's a good, mm, that's another franchise doing, doing really good things. And the Dallas Mavericks. Now, for Dallas, this is important because right now, Luka's starting to play well. It looks like Porzingis starting to round in the shape. You could use another front court guy. You know what I'm saying? You could maybe expand that trade to get like a Seti Osman or something like that from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you know, you'd have to give up assets. I don't know what Dallas has to give to uh, to Cleveland when it comes to that. Because they would have to give up something a little more substantial than some sort of second-round pick for Seti Osman because a lot of people could use that kid. 25-year-old 3-and-D sharpshooter wing. You know what I'm saying? You don't think that's going to be highly coveted on the trade market come March? You know, these are questions. <laughs> that's why this show is called Who Questions. This is why we do the show. This is why I want to get in the mix with you, the listener. So hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram and Facebook. It's Question Point Pod Network. These are the questions that we ask. Answer them. Or give me other questions that end up on the pod. Hell, if I don't have to work that hard, but you get to hear your question on the pod, it's a win-win. Win for you, win for me. All right. Now, I said I had something else to tell you about. So I've been doing a lot of research on the trade market and what's going on and some of the names that are out there and some of the names that have been kind of bandied about and, you know, potential trades out there. And trust me, as these weeks continue and we get closer to the deadline in March, you know I will have all the heat, all the rumors on the trades. If something breaks and it's big, you know QP Sports Exchange will do and what? an emergency pod. You know that we will bring nothing but heat. But a couple names that I want to throw out to you are not going to be the names that you necessarily hear on the trade market as like hot names that are, you know, definitely going to get traded. But I believe that they would be very impactful and very helpful to a lot of the contenders out there. Because to a lot of the contenders, what are they looking for? They're looking for secondary ball handlers, 3 and D wings, and size. That is what all the contenders are looking at. So Boston, Shamrock City, when I used to hang out at Tequila Rain. Shouts out to Tequila Rain. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to the Brookstone Grill. Shouts out to you. You know I love my people in mass. I'm still probably a mass hole at heart. 15 years there. So Boston, this is for you. Um, this is a little bit for Philly. 
Milwaukee, you definitely want in on these two guys. Denver, you might be in on this as well. Utah, absolutely. Clippers, as well. But who am I kidding? You know I'm talking to the Los Angeles Lakers because that's the only team that I care about. The La La, the Los Angeles Lakers, the reigning, defending NBA champions. The, your Los Angeles Lakers. That's who I'm talking about. All these other teams, this is good for you too, but I hope to hell that you don't get them. All right? So the two dudes that I want to kind of talk about that I've been really doing a lot of research on, and there's some under-the-radar guys, and I don't think that it's going to take very much to get them. Because when you think of these two teams and you think of what they have on their roster, you're thinking all kinds of other stuff. So the teams that I'm thinking of, one based out of the shot, Chicago. You know what I'm saying? They're in the news when it comes to trades, okay, right? What are the names out there? Tell me. Chi-Town, Levine, right? Otto Porter Jr., those are the names you're hearing. There's that Lori marketing thing. Are they going to trade them or they're not going to trade them? That's some of the names that you hear in Chicago. The other team that I'm thinking of, is the Orlando Magic. Ah, yeah. Vince, I know where you're going here. I know where you're going, right? You're talking about Vucevic. You're talking about Aaron Gordon. You're talking about Terrence Ross, right? Mm, Not exactly. Not exactly. I am not thinking about those names. Nor am I thinking about the marketing Levine, Otto Porter Jr., people in Chicago as well. The guys that I'm thinking about for the Chicago Bulls is Tomas Sadoransky. He's the combo guard forward 6'6", 3-and-D guy. Um, But he's a tremendous ball mover. I've been just watching like clips of him. And he knows how to really get that open look. Like, he might have an open look, but he will definitely defer and make that necessary pass to another guy who's wide open. Now, when he's wide open, he's shooting a three at a really, really good clip as well. And he also can just, he can be that second ball handler you need. He's also very gritty, very grimy on the defensive end. You know, he's not trying to take a lot of L's when it comes on the defensive end. You know the effort is great. You know what I'm saying? So, he was one of my guys that I was thinking, yes, this is a guy that the Lakers could get. And you don't have to give up a ton to get him. Because who are the guys that we don't want to give up on the Lakers, right? You know, we don't want to give up on Kuzma. And we don't want to give up on Taylor Horton Tucker, right, as far as the young guys are concerned. You know AD, 
and LeBron are safe. You know Trez is safe. You know Schroeder is safe. Or Schroeder, sorry. Not Schroeder. Schroeder, Peanuts character. Schroeder, Laker. Right? So the other guy that I had in mind is none other than Orlando Magic Center, Mo Bamba. So with Mo Bamba, he's been buried by, you know, just they just have not found time for him. His splits when they when you do the 36 minute deal, he's averaging like 14 points, 13 and a half rebounds, 3.3 blocks a game. He's connecting on 1.33s a game as well. Okay, so that's a lot of production when you get minutes. My man is not getting minutes. He's getting like seven minutes, ten minutes. He's not getting a lot of burn. And you know we're in a guard league, so you know that man, like if he's only getting ten minutes a game, he might get two touches a game, right? But think about Mo Bamba. Think about this whole situation, all right? Here's what you're getting. He's a 22-year-old guy. He was the sixth overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft. He's 7172 with a 7 foot 10 inch wingspan. He can get out on the floor. He's agile. It's not that he wants to sit in the paint and just chill all day. He can get out and guard that corner three. Okay? He can get out there. He got the athleticism to get out there. You're not asking too much for him to guard the paint and quickly shift to that short corner three and block that shot. So Mo Bamba and Tomas Sadaransky are the two guys that I was thinking of when it comes to under-the-radar guys that can probably be had without a lot of draft compensation given up. And it, the upside on them is really good because Sadaraski is like 26, 27. Mo Bagla is 22. So you also might have somebody that can be part of your foundational pieces for the future as well as you go on. Because keep in mind, you need to hit on upside guys as a contending team, as a team that is looking for that championship goal, right? And here are guys that are just sitting there, you know, nobody's talking about them. Nobody, it's not on anybody's radar. When you talk about Chicago Bulls, you're talking about Lori Marketing, the forward center. You're talking about Zach Levine a lot. And then at a lesser extent, it's Otto Porter Jr. And when you talk about Orlando, it's usually the center, Nikolo Vucevic. It's Aaron Gordon. It's Terrence Ross. You know, it's people like that. So keep that in mind as we get closer to the deadline. These are the guys that I want you guys to look out for.
couple more things. And then we're going to get to the Ricky watch. And then we're going to get up out of here. But a couple more things I want to bring to you. A little couple more news and notes. And you know I had to get this in. So over the weekend, UCLA was up in Washington. They played Washington State first. Got blown out. Then they went to the University of Washington. And that's when the magic happened. It finally happened. Forward Johnny Juzang went off. He scored 32 of UCLA's 64 points. So half. And he was absolutely instrumental in their close victory over the University of Washington 64-61. to My man shot the ball well. 12 of 23 from the floor. He shot almost 50% from three-point land. You know what I'm saying? He just got it in. That's what UCLA is going to need. They're going to need him to go off a lot more. Johnny Juzang or Tiger Campbell are the only two guys who can legitly get their own shot. They can create it off the bounce, you know, head fake, head pump, get to the basket. They're really the only two guys. Everybody else needs help. So if UCLA is going to do anything in this tournament coming up, we don't know what the status of of Jalen Hill is. We know that Cody Riley is nursing an ankle. Chris Smith, who was there. Who was their like preseason like Pac-12 player of the year? He's out with an ACL injury. So Johnny Juzang is definitely gonna have to get in his bag. And Mick Cronin is probably gonna have to let him get into his bag. So UCLA can be successful. Another guy who has to step up and has been doing a tremendous job is Jules Bernard. But the difference with Jules and Johnny Juzang is Johnny has this extra heat button where this dude could go off. He, This dude is a 40 bomb waiting to happen. If he sees one go in, oh, he thinks he's hot. I look forward to seeing UCLA continue to climb up the charts and we get up into that like where we're like a, a number four seed in the tournament. That's what I'm looking for. Alright. I got some G League notes. For everybody you know. I told you we was going to be hot on the G League. I told you we was going to be ready on the G League. I told you when they play games. We were going to. We were going to scour the universe. For video. On these games. And get as much information. As we possibly could. And they have played a couple games. And I have thoughts on those said couple games that have been played. Now, everybody knows that I'm super hot about the G League at 19 because that's got all the draft eligible guys on it. But I found some other jewels in the G League that I want to press upon you right now. First and foremost... Former Seton Hall standout, stand up Hall, go Hall. Former Seton Hall standout, 
Miles Powell is getting it done in the G League. My man had a great game, okay? My man got 31 points in his debut on 10 of 14 shooting from the floor. Five out of five from the land of three. The land of milk and honey. He got all five of his. And he also has six assists. So shouts out to Miles Powell. That's my dude at Seton from Seton Hall. Go Hall. I'm always going to I'm always gonna cape up for the hall as well. Since I went there. Go Hall. I'm also gonna um drop some flowers on, on one Kenyon Martin Jr. That's right. Y'all know Kenyon Martin. He came out of Cincinnati. He was just a he was just a rugged, rough, raw, get in it, get in your face type dude. Had a tremendous career in the association, and now his son is doing his thing as well. Kenyon Martin Jr. was going to go to UCLA, all right? Let me tell you that right now. I really wish he would have. But my man is doing work in the G League, okay? He had 21 points and 10 rebounds the other night. He putting in that work, trying to get back to his team so he can be one of those top 15 dudes so he can start getting burned in the NBA. I know that Kenyon Martin Jr. is going to carve a notch. He's going to carve out some space in the NBA and get his burn. Shouts out to you, Kenyon Martin Jr. Now to the G League Ignite guys. Okay, so I talked to a couple scouts. I saw some clips. I know what they did. So here it goes. It's really the it's really the first two again. Okay, Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green have looked like standouts in the first couple games that the G League Ignite team has played. With Coach Brian Shaw leading that group, those are the two guys that look like they are ready for the NBA. We'll talk a little Dyshawn Knicks in a second, but hold on. This is what the scout said. Both Kaminga and Jalen Green are solidifying their top eight status in the draft. Scouts are still raving about Kaminga's commitment to being great, his want to to get better. The one thing that you're finding out about Jonathan Kaminga is, like, if you tell him something, he really tries to apply what you're telling him. You tell him to you know, be creative, be more creative off the bounce, the next game or the next practice, he'll give you more creation off the bounce. It's like, okay, all you have to do is tell him once and then plug and play. This is a coach's dream. And that's what people are saying about Kaminga. And then he's also able to play in the game. So he's not afraid to say, okay, hey, we want you to have like a step back 18-foot jump shot that's yours because of your length. And because of your um, wingspan. You're not going to have to wait very long for Jonathan Kaminga to pull that out of his bag in a game. 
he's fearless at trying stuff in a game because he believes his skill level is top-notch and it's showing that it is. This dude right now is guaranteed top five, all right? Jonathan Kaminga is a top five prospect, and I would be bold to say that he actually might be a top three. I don't know if he'll be able to break the K Cunningham and uh, Evan Mobley uh, law firm, but I think he is one of the next guys to go. And three is probably where he's going to end up, right? So Kaminga is doing his thing. And then as far as Jalen Green is showing, he's showing that his athleticism is off the charts. He has a lot more playmaking ability than scouts knew. His shooting is still coming around, but there is his uh, the breakdown of his shot. There's no real mechanical thing that people would really change. They say that he rushes his shot a lot. But they say that's something that is, as you learn the pace of the league, you get better with that. So those two guys are really standing out in the G League A night squad. Now, Deshaun Nix is a lot of people are still trying to figure out what the athleticism looking like. That's the reports on everything is that they're still trying to figure out if he's just big enough and he can create the angles because it is painfully obvious that his athleticism is not anywhere of where a lot of NBA players are. But you know what? If you're fundamentally sound and you pass the basketball and you shoot well, there's a place for you in this league. I think Deshaun Nix has a shot to be in the association. It might not be coming in such a spectacular fashion as he might have thought when he spurned UCLA to go to the G League Ignite team. So that's all we got on the uh, the G League. I told you when we had information, we weren't going to get it to you as quickly as possible. We are getting you that information. I'm so... Uh, Man, I'm so grateful to my guys that I've been able to um, parse out and hash out information. They've asked me to keep their, you know, their uh, their anonymity right now because they're working on things. So that's what we're doing. But shouts out to my guys who are really, really in those trenches getting the information for me. I sure do appreciate it. And thank you for supporting the podcast. Now, we're going to do the rookie watch. I'm excited about this because, you know, you know how I feel about what rookie watch means to me and who's in this rookie watch. And we're going to spotlight a couple dudes right now. So the rookie watch, as it goes this week, is we got do, 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 one, two, three, four. We're going to highlight four dudes. Okay, the first is Charlotte point guard LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is averaging 14 points a game, six rebounds a game, six assists a game. He's also doing it with a 2.3 to 1 turnover ratio. That's excellent. I'm excited about that, especially have you seen the passes? 
Have you seen the passes? You know why I've seen the passes? Because I have YouTube TV. That's why I've seen the passes. I have YouTube TV. You should have YouTube TV as well. Vince, are you now telling me that you have turned the rookie watch into a commercial for YouTube TV? I am telling you that is 100% factual. Facts on facts. Rookie watch and YouTube TV commercial go hand in hand. Okay? It's a lifestyle. Love it, live it, eat it, drink it. YouTube TV is excellent because I get to see LaMelo Ball do behind-the-back passes on fast breaks in HD. You know what I'm talking about? That's how I'm getting down, okay? I see LaMelo Ball throwing lobs to Bridges and P.J. Washington. That's what I get to see. I get to see a young LaMelo Ball get shepherded by vet Gordon Hayward. I see Scary Terry from Boston resurfacing in Charlotte and getting buckets. And I also see the phoenix that has risen, Malik Monk, another Kentucky guy. Who was left for dead. Who we said that he couldn't play in I didn't say he couldn't play in league. But there are people out there saying that my man was kind of done. And he was going the Dennis Smith Jr. route. But my man has been blowing up the last couple games. Actually the last couple weeks. Getting 20. Off the bench. Just blowing it up. And the only reason I get to see this is because YouTube TV provides you the sports package, the sports bonus package where I get NBA TV, I get NFL TV, you know what I'm saying? I get CBS Network, NBC Sports Network, ESPN, all the ESPNs, you know that. You know I get all the ESPNs. Do I get Major League Baseball TV? 100%. I get that. So when you think of what you're paying on your cable bill and all the money you can save on your your cable bill. You can cut the cord and just be with YouTube TV. Like, and you say, Vince, you know, I really love B-Ball. You know, I really love Who Questions Monday. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes I like to relax. Sometimes I like to get into some light. Masterpiece Theater. You know what? You want Masterpiece Theater? They got AMC. They got the Turner Network. You know. They got all kind of old stations where you can get classic movies on it. And if you like, I want to see the new stuff too. They got you covered there. You want some Showtime? You want some HBO Max? Where you get new movies like every week. There's movies that I'm backed up on. My wife, Belinda, is waiting on me right now. Because we want to see the Judas and the Black Panther. We want to see that. You know what I'm saying? 
There's a movie with Denzel Washington in it that we want to see. It's like a suspense thriller, and you know I love me some Denzel. The reason why I'm going to be able to see this is YouTube TV. So you cut the cord, get away from cable because it's trash. Get into YouTube TV and tell them that your boy Vince from QP Sports Exchange sent you to there. When they say, hey, how did you hear about us? You say, you know what? Are you not listening to the QP Sports Exchange? What is wrong with you? What is your damn problem? Get on board with QP Nation. Get on board with QP Sports Exchange because QP Sports Exchange has got on board with YouTube TV. So my man LaMelo Ball is killing it. He's throwing crazy passes every week. He's having great games like all the time. In last game that he played, he had 39 minutes. He had 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. That's my man doing work. That's like every night for him now. He's starting now, which is great. We are excited about LaMelo starting. And you know why? Because he's going to get that rookie of the year. And I'm excited about that. Because QP Scores Exchange said LaMelo Ball would be rookie of the year. On to my man in Sacramento, Tyrese Halliburton. How the hell you doing? You doing all right, player? Is everything to your satisfaction in Sacramento? Because you know what? Other NBA cities are kicking themselves in their own butt because they did not pick you and you fell to number 12 in the draft. There are like eight teams that are going, I sure wish we would have picked Tyrese Halliburton. And all those teams can now just bask in the glory of what my man is doing in Sacramento. Bask in the glory. Shout out Keith Lee, WWE. Bask in my man's glory. Okay, so Tyrese Halliburton on the year. He's averaging 12.5, 12 and a half points a game. He's shooting 50% field goal shooting. 82% from the free throw line. He's averaging three and a half rebounds a game, 5.3 assists a game, while shooting a very delicious 45% from three land. 45% from three, 50% from the field total, 82% from free throw, and 45% from three. Oh, by the way, he gives you 1.3 steals as well. So my man set out the last couple games, but in his last game that he played in, which was against the Grizzlies, Actually, he didn't sit out. There was another guy. That's a guy we're going to talk about a little bit later. Sorry about that. <clears throat> but in the last game he plays against the Grizzlies was last night. He scored 22 points in 31 minutes against the Grizzlies. Okay. He had four rebounds, four assists, steady. He shot nine out of 14 from the field. Okay. 
three of six from three-point land. What's that? 50%. Thank you. Oh, he also had two steals. There's not really anything to say about Tyrese Halliburton other than a lot of teams right now are absolutely infuriated with their whoever their player personnel guy is. Whoever the player personnel guy is in Detroit, that dude's in trouble. Okay? You took Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes might be the, unfortunately right now because he's just not playing well, he might end up being the whipping boy for this draft. Another guy that I really love who actually is now in the right position, and we're not going to talk about him too much on Ricky Watch because of the fact that he's not in our top four right now because we're tightening up the Rookie Watch, you know what I'm saying? We're getting it closer and closer to who we think is going to be the Rookie of the Year. You know who we think it is. What I'm talking about NBA pundits and what have you. But another guy who kind of for a second was thinking like, ooh, I don't know if we made the right decision, the Washington Wizards. My boy Denny Avdia was struggling in a major way. I think some of it is he was hitting the rookie wall, but some of it, he was playing with Bill and Russ, and he needed to get with the second unit, and now my man is not starting, and he's putting up the numbers that I expected him to do. The other day, he had 8 points, 10 rebounds, and like 18 minutes. That's putting in work. I don't care what you say. It's putting in work. But yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is looking like that guy that people are going, ooh, man. We messed up on that one. We messed up on that one. We should have took that cat. The third person on our rookie watch this week is Memphis forward Xavier Tillman. Now, Tillman is kind of in limbo a little bit. He starts sometimes. He backs up sometimes. Sometimes he gets burned. Sometimes he doesn't get burned. But the one thing that Xavier Tillman brings to the game every single time is consistent effort. So the numbers don't jump off the page at you. Okay, but he's just steady. No matter whether he's starting or coming off the bench, Tillman's hustle and hustle plays are providing extra possessions for the Memphis Grizzlies. When he gets minutes, like when he gets 22 minutes, he's always going to make a winning play for your basketball team. This is what a scout said. He's always going to make a winning play for your basketball team. Whether on the defensive end or on the offensive end, gathering you extra possessions because he slapped the ball out of a rebounder's hand so it went off their leg and now you got the ball back. Thank you, or you're welcome, Memphis. The other guy that we want to talk about is the other rookie from Memphis. This was a guy that QP Sports Exchange was on this kid before the draft even started. And this is Desmond Bain out of TCU, Go Horn Frogs, and also that grit and grind, Memphis Grizzly style, you know I'm high on Desmond Bain. This is my boy. 
I love this kid. I love this kid's game. And he's doing it real, real big in Memphis. His numbers haven't disappointed at all. And it's been consistent all year. He's averaging 10.3 points a game in 23 minutes. He's shooting a he's shooting 48.5% from the field. Okay? He's also shooting 82.4% from free throw line. And he is shooting a crispy 48.2% behind the three-point line. Those are crazy numbers. And this dude looks awesome. This is the dude that if he played football, this is the first dude you want off the bus. He's that, like, imposing looking. The last game he played, he had 18 points in 26 minutes. He was 4 of 8 from three-point three, from three point land. And he shot 6 of 11 from the field total. My man is just getting it done. He's just a sharp shooter. He does it on the defensive end. He provides boards. You know what I'm saying? He's getting it done. And he's shooting, he's shooting the lights out. Okay? That's the one thing about this draft. We can talk about a lot of dudes. A lot of dudes in this draft. Not the 21 draft. I'm talking about the 20 draft. And they're not, they're not like superstars. But these are guys that are going to help your team win. And they're not going to kill you. The one thing that you don't see with Desmond Bain, which you don't see from Xavier Tillman, which you don't see from Tyrese Halliburton, is you don't see those, oh my God, he just went 3 of 18. Of, or, oh, that was an ugly game. He went 4 for 22. Now, you might have a little variance with LaMelo, but you expect that from LaMelo because of all the kids, he looks like he's the one that's like, I'm just going to shoot it until I make it. I know I'm going to make it, so I'm just going to shoot it anyway because I'm not good. He has a little bit of that in him, and I think that's why I've always been talking about how I really love the veteran leadership of Charlotte to kind of rein him in. But the other cats, super consistent. You don't see games where they're like, they miss like more shots than they made. You just don't see those. You don't see six of 16. What you do see is every once in a while, you'll see like a four of 10. You might see a five, you might see a seven of, you know, a seven of 15. You know, real, still real close to 50%. Still real, real close. And usually what they what you see with those guys, if they're not hitting their shot, they'll go to the they'll go to the lane and get free throws. And still end up with ten to twelve points. They might only take six shots in the game. But they're still providing points, rebounds, assists, steals, getting in the defensive getting in the offensive lanes, passing lanes. We have a lot of talented dudes that came out of this draft. I think we're going to look at this draft a little bit differently come three years from now. All right, so that's your rookie report. This is also your Who Questions Monday podcast for this week. 
I'm your host, Vince. And let me say this. Listeners out there. Listeners as far as way as Japan. Listeners as far as away as Australia, New Zealand. Listeners as far away as the UK, London, the United Kingdom, Scotland, Ireland. The listeners in India. The listeners in Pakistan. The listeners in Albania. The listeners in France. The listeners in Canada. The listeners in Brazil. The listeners in Argentina. And the listeners in the United States of America. We here at QP Sports Exchange are absolutely honored to do this podcast for you. We are so excited to do the podcast every week for you. And we are so thankful for you guys to listen to us. This is just a crazy dream. And we thank you very much for downloading and subscribing. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your neighbor's dog. Tell your neighbor's cat. Tell your neighbor's grandma to get on QP Sports Exchange. And we're going to build this QP Nation to even larger heights. Everybody knows what the quest is. It's Bill Simmons or Bust. That's who we're going after. So I thank you guys again for downloading and subscribing. Now we got to get on our social media game, okay? I want some interaction with my with, with some of the people who listen to me, who agree with me, who don't agree with me, who think that I'm a just complete blowhard. I want interaction with you. So QPP Network is the Twitter handle. Question Point Pod Network is the IG and Facebook handle. Come and talk to me. Tell me what you want on the pod. Tell me who you want me to feature. You know we still do the prep spotlight. And we are efforting to get my guy Bray McCain and Addison Archer in to the pod, in to the jungle, and let them loose and let them do their thing and talk about where they're going and where they've been. And what the recruiting process has been like for them. We are all over that situation. And we are efforting to get that in for you. With that being said. Be good to yourself. Make sure. Your mental is straight. Be good to one another. Your family. Your close friends. Your loved ones. Make sure they know they are appreciated. And loved and thought for. And if you have it in your means, whether it's your time, because your time is so valuable to give to somebody, or if you have the means monetarily, please help out your neighbor. We don't leave any QP Nation soldier behind. That's our motto. That's what we get down with. And that's what we want out of you. So... Say hi. Smile at somebody. Let them know if they need to talk to you. You are there. If you can, help out some of those organizations that are helping out people who are less fortunate than we are. 
I I will tell you if you really want to get into something super positive, uh, go visit uh, Chris Long and his social media. Chris Long was a, a, a one-time Ram, one-time Patriot, one-time Philadelphia Eagle, two-time Super Bowl winner. And one of the things that Chris is doing is that he has a, a situation called the Water Boys, and it's bringing uh, clean water to kids in Africa. And I'm about that. I'm about that situation. You know what I'm saying? There's so many things we do in our own country, but if you want to support something that's worthwhile, something that I know about, something that I'm, I'm, I get down with, Chris Long and Chris Long's Water Boys situation, just go to his social media platforms and get more information on that. So, with that being said, we are bouncing and we are out.